So shortly before we started recording, uh, the Rotten Tomato score for uh, Avengers Endgame came out. And before I get into what we're going to get into today as far as the uh, top five uh, movies that we're anticipating in 2019, you had an interesting response today when I showed you what the Rotten Tomato score was, which is 97%. And your interesting response was the word simply interesting. So... What is does that mean? And by the way, I'm talking to Aaron from the Off Topic Podcast, just so you know. I'm just getting into it today. So what does that mean on your end? I guess, so basically the way Rotten Tomatoes work is just like, you know, how, what percentage of critics, you know, um, would recommend that you go see this movie. Right. And, and I would, and 97% tells me that 3% aren't recommending it. <laughs> so based on everything that I've heard, man, you know, about the the movie, the reaction so far, and it's been limited, but I've heard enough. I, I thought it probably would have been 100%. Now, although people have said that, you know, the first two hours are a little shaky, that it stuck the ending in the end, right? It really right. came out, and it did what it needed to do in the end. So, you know, with that being said, and the overwhelming positive response, I thought it would have had like a 99 to 100% rating. Because don't forget, I think... Uh, Man, like Black Panther has a 99, 100% race, something like that. 90, I think Black Panther is a 96. Is it? Yeah. What is, which one of those movies had a hundred? It's some movie out that had a hundred percent that was a comic book movie. I can't remember which one now, it was. Black Panther started out with a 99, with a hundred percent. But okay, okay. Um, and so did I think Avengers 1 started out with that as well. Uh, but it didn't hold, it didn't hold in either situation. Okay, whatever, but um, yeah. Well, hold on, hold on. Let me yeah. take. How about this, Shazam? Like, what is that on Rotten Tomatoes? You telling me that Shazam has the same Rotten Tomatoes score as, like, say, an Endgame? Like, that's okay. No, it's it's at it's at ninety percent. I was just okay, about to say yes yeah, because Shazam okay, okay. didn't even debut with that high. Obviously. Oh, it, Okay, I might yeah. be wrong. Okay, so just the ninety-seven percent. I guess I expected it to be damn near perfect because, like you said, when Black Panther came out, it started out with a hundred percent. This starting off at ninety-seven percent, right. and and Black Panther is kind of the same way in reverse, right? Like it started off strong and kind of ended weak, whereas they're saying that Avengers Endgame started off weak and kind of ended strong. Yeah, and you I'm, know, hearing, and I'm I say hearing all kinds of critiques. Like another critique I've heard is it's too much. CGI, I guess, I guess they go all in as far as the budget is concerned with the battle scenes, which you kind of have to. Uh, but I've heard that critique of it, and like you said, uh, the beginning and the middle are kind of shaky. But they say they stick it at the end. Then I've heard people that say that they enjoyed it the entire way through. So, yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait to see it myself, man. You know, I, you know, I told you earlier on the group chat, dude. I'm just like, I, I mean, it's just it's becoming. Overwhelming. You know, the last time I felt like this or close to this is actually Man of Steel when it came out because you know I'm a really? big super Yeah. Bro, I was just let me tell you my my story <laughs> we started. I had just moved to Houston uh when this movie came out, Man of Steel. And I had my ticket booked and everything. And at the last minute my wife said, Hey, I wanna go. So obviously, you know, we had I had to take her and the kids or whatever, because we had no babysitter. And we go in the movie theater. And my son, who was like two at the time, started crying and we had to leave. I was so fucking pissed. <laughs> like, dude, because I had been waiting for years. Like, I followed when, when Man of Steel was first announced. 
I followed it from that time because I used to go to supermanhero.com. Yeah. I followed every step of the way, like until the movie came to fruition. So I had it, it had built up to that time because I love Superman. Like that is my favorite character by far. You know, I watched every episode of Lewis and Clark, everything. Like I just love Superman. So yeah, that's the last time I felt and that's how I feel right now, maybe times two with Avengers Endgame. I didn't feel like that with the first Avengers. I mean, I really wanted to see it. I was there over the night, but I didn't feel the way I felt with this movie and with Superman. So, uh, the you know. first, the last time I felt this way about a movie, uh, and I guess we can go ahead and get into the list. Matter of fact, I'll say that story um, when I get through with my list. My list is top five anticipated movies, which is what this podcast is supposed to be about. We'll see where we end up at the end. <laughs> right. Um, you know, we always deviate from them. Hell yeah. Number one is The Lion King. Number two is Avengers Endgame. Three is uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters. Four is It Part Two or Chapter Two. And five is Spider-Man Far From Home. All right, quick breakdown. The Lion King is Lion King, man. I grew up, I had a, um, I had a babysitter at the time. And that's just for the lack of a better way to put it. Like, I would go to her house after school, during the school year. Then during the summer when my parents were at work, I would stay over at her house. And I had, um, it was me and about four other kids that stayed over there. And we're all still, you know, pretty close or whatever. And uh, Miss Cox was awesome. God rest her soul. Uh, But when Lion King dropped, my parents got it for me. I would take that VHS over there every day and we played that shit every day. Like to the point where I still know the movie line by line. And we <laughs> all we all would assign each other uh different parts. I end up playing Scar or whatever. Maybe it's because, you know, there's a little um a little shade going on, but yeah. that's all right. I don't talk to them about that. We all tripped out about it. But, yeah, my son loves Scar, by the way, as you look, saw in the video today. So when I was younger, <laughs> I had no problem with Scar. I um, I, I wouldn't say what he did was noble or anything like that, but I didn't. He's a cool villain just when it right. comes down to it. He's he's really a cool villain or whatever. Man, from you the know, boys. yeah. But Jeremy Irons not being on that. Like, how do you feel about that? Like, I don't know yet. I don't know. But like, I, I've heard um, was it Chet Wele Edgefor? I've heard his voice on the trailers. And I'm okay yeah, with it, with but it's 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 not it's not the it same. Ain't Jeremy Irons. Yeah, <laughs> it ain't man. Jeremy Irons, man. And I think yeah. they they really wanted to uh, make this cast a lot blacker for whatever right. reason, which is cool. But it's Jeremy Irons, man. Yeah, it's man. only like four distinctive voices that I can think yeah. of. You got Jeremy Irons, you got uh James Earl Jones, you right. got Liam Neeson, and then you got Morgan Freeman. Well, don't forget about four, uh um Keith David. Oh shit, man. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I forgot about him. That's another one. So five. Yeah. When those five hit, you know who they are. They sound like they just they give the movie more gravitas. So yeah, I like those. Man, but yeah, I, I gotta get what you say. Dude, now that I'm thinking of it, Keith David would have been a badass scar replacement. He can sing too. See, that's that's a good point. Damn. Oh, that is a good point. Yeah, he would have been a great scar. See, Chiwetel is a great villain. You yeah. know, he's played a great villain before, but it's different than like being a villain and acting and being like a voice actor. Yeah. You know, because I can't your mannerisms and stuff don't come across the way it should. Exactly. Like he doesn't he doesn't have a menacing voice. I guess is the way I want to put it. Yeah, man. But I'm just that's the movie. As far as my anticipation, it just blew out the 
out the water when that movie when I first saw that trailer dude and I caught those chills and then the next trailer comes out and I catch chills again yeah that's my movie right there uh, we already talked a little bit about Avengers Endgame Avengers holds a special place in my heart because you know like I said my dad is the one who kind of put me on as far as uh, comic book movies well comic books in the first place and he got to read those stories like the original Infinity Gauntlet and Iron Man and all of that stuff and um, when the first Avengers came out, my dad passed away in 2004. So it was 2012 when it came out. I remember going to that movie, and I, this, I'm it just as uh, anticipating this uh, Avengers movie as much as that one. I went to that movie. I had to see it again because the first time I saw it, I was so swept up in it, I missed a lot of shit. Like, really. I was a little wow. kid again. And yeah. then I had to go, like, somebody asked me how did I like the movie. I said I didn't know. I had to go and watch the movie the next day again to really process what I was looking at. And I think it's going to happen again um, with Avengers Endgame. Hopefully not. Hopefully I'd, <laughs> I'd be able to, you know, kind of soak it in or whatever. But I've already anticipated going to see Endgame again. Uh, I'm going to get through these next three pretty quickly. Godzilla King of the Monsters. I grew up oh. watching Dude, I grew up watching Godzilla every Saturday on TNT. I would have put that at number one for you because your excitement level, just I could just feel it through the group text, right? Any, every time a trailer comes out, every time you talk about it, like your energy just comes through text messaging, right? I, I, I could just, and I was just like, that's, that has to be your most anticipated. Giant monsters <laughs> kicking each other ass, bro. Right. I love that, that shit. shit. <laughs> I right. love that. It, that's, you know, it's crazy. I hadn't seen Pacific Rim. Uh, the second one is not that great. That right. first one, that first one did it for me. Like it's very few movies that I've yelled at the screen while I'm watching the movie. I think all of them involve a big monster. Jurassic World <laughs> is one of them. Oh man, that was a good one. I yelled at Jurassic World uh, during the final fight between yeah. the original dinosaurs and Indominus Rex. I was waiting on it. Oh my god, dude, waiting on it. Dude, that fight, that fight got me. And then the other one is the first specific realm. And whenever you watch it, tell me you watched it, and I'll tell you the specific scene that got me to yell in the movie theater. But, um, yeah, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. I, and Oh, yeah, in the 2017 Godzilla, and when he killed that last one. That oh, one man, but that, that pissed me off, though, because that movie, that yeah. movie in general pissed me off. And I talk about that when I go through my top five. Okay. But that that first one really pissed me off though. But go ahead, I'm sorry. Definitely going to put a pin in that one. Uh it chapter 2 I don't even have a whole lot to say about it besides chapter 1 was awesome. It was it far surpassed my expectations when I watched it. So chapter 2 makes it like that's how much I like it. All these other movies are coming out and I'll talk about that when I get to the honorable mentions. But all these movies are coming out and chapter 1 was so good. It chapter 2 makes my top five then finally spider-man far from home and that's simply because it's the first marvel movie we're going to get after avengers after what i'm anticipating will be a reshaped universe this is the first movie we got and i'm a huge spider-man fan so besides maybe another thor movie or whatever i don't know of a a better way to capitalize on the end of endgame than by going with the poster boy for marvel so yeah, those are my top five. Lion King, Avengers Endgame, uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters, It Chapter 2, and Spider-Man Far From Home. Well, that, that, is, a, that is a solid list. 
That is a solid list, my friend. And I'm not surprised at anything that you listed just based <laughs> off everything that I know about you. I know that. Again, I probably would have moved Godzilla up based on just the conversation that we've had in the past. Yeah, because I'm hyped every time I talk about it. I mean, every time, bro. I've never, I don't think we've ever had a conversation about it. And you're, I, I bet when you go back and re-list this pod, you're going to tell the way the inflection in your voice changes when you mention <laughs> Godzilla King of Monsters, bro. But anyway, um, I, I give you my top five really quickly. Number one, Endgame. I mean, that goal that I just kind of told you about it when we first started. Mm-hmm. I've never had this much built-up anticipation for a movie, man. I mean, it left us on a cliffhanger, right? I mean, I mean, we know these people are coming back, but I just got to know how. Right. But, you know, the biggest thing is, man, is just um, seeing how or what's going to happen or who's going to be here or who's not. Because I got to tell you, this movie for me is going to have a lot of uh, ramifications for Marvel Cinematic Universe going forward and how I engage and watch it. You know, um, if they go and develop a new Avengers that I'm not really down with, it's probably going to lower my anticipation and excitement for future movies. That's fair, and I actually thought about that myself. I I thought about how hype am I going to be for them building up to another Avengers movie. Right, because I'm not I'm not keenly excited about uh, Captain Marvel led superhero movie. It ain't got nothing to do with sexism or nothing like that. I just I didn't really I don't dig the character that much to say have to see her. Not like I dig like Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, the Hulk, even Black Widow and Hawkeye. You know, yeah. I've become accustomed to them being my peoples. So even more so than Black Panther, right? I love Black Panther, but you got your original few that you put them above and all the rest of them. Right. And if you do so much and you reshape them and they're not there, I just don't know how I'm going to feel about that, but we'll see, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm saying too much. We'll see how it goes. But again, this movie could have a lot of ramifications uh, for me and the MCU going forward. That's that piece. Number two, obviously Lion King, same reasons you said, I mean, man, to me, the Lion King was just an epic movie. Uh, James Earl Jones's voice, man. I mean, the way he, you know, I guess represented Mufasa, even though Mufasa's not in the movie that much. But, you know, I have some iconic memories and scenes that just really stick with me to this day. Like there are times on YouTube I go back and watch where Mufasa goes back and says oh, yeah. something from Hyenas, bro. Like that was just epic. Like everybody wanted a dad like Mufasa, right? Dude, I always <laughs> go back. I always go back to that uh, scene where. Uh, right after he saves them and they're walking in their field and it's, uh-huh. it's nighttime and he's talking and he's to them about the kings. Oh my oh, God, bro. that scene gives me every time, bro. Epic, epic. Because you, especially when you know what's coming, right? It gives that scene more impact. Yep. It gives that scene more impact. It's kind of you know, it's it's akin to when I'm getting off subject, but you know me. Go. It's akin to when James Earl Jones was Darth Vader. Yeah. And Luke had turned himself in. I always say if you really like Star Wars and you really like character development and just, you know, dialogue between two people and emotions and stuff like that in movies, go back to when Luke turned himself in to Darth Vader. Right. He found out he was his dad and they had this kind of back and forth. And Luke was like, I know you're struggling with the light. You know, I can sense it. Let go of your hate, blah, blah, blah. And James Earl Jones said, look, it's too late for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you just felt it like, look, son, yeah. it's too late for me now. Again, go back, look at that scene. If you like Star Wars and if you, you know, dig that kind of dialogue, it's pretty cool. But anyway, so just, you know, stuff like that. 
Uh, I'm really excited, man, about the Lion King. It's definitely my number two most anticipated. My number three going to throw you off, though. Oh, yeah. I'm ready. Okay. All right. My number three is John Wick. All right? I'm not that surprised. (laughs) Bro, I I love crime-solving, spy-thrilling type (laughs) shit, bro. You know, like the Bourne series is my shit, except that last one that was trash. But I even like the Bourne movie with, uh, with Hawkeye in it, right? I was yeah. digging that shit, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, obviously, I like the James Bond movies. You know, I love shit like Super Spies, hand-to-hand comeback. You think about it, what I told you my favorite Avengers movie, I mean, my favorite Marvel movie is. It's Winter, oh. uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah. Winter Soldier is just like a John Wick movie. It's hand-to-hand comeback. It's just, you know, it's souped up, right? And that's what John Wick is. I mean, it's fantastical because nobody can pull off the shit he can pull off. You know, but it's it's just an awesome movie, bro. And the first one just... I mean, it got me just hooked on it. The second one kind of left me on the cliffhanger. A so great just, cliffhanger. Bro, I'm just, I'm super ready for John Wick. And I know I'm probably the only person on earth that has that in the top five most. <laughs> but man, I just, I love that movie. I love that series. I hope they uh, tie it up really good. And uh, and it. I don't think they need to do another one after this. I think you can only do like three of those. They're talking yeah. about doing a TV series set in the universe, which I'm okay. cool with. You know what? They yeah. tried to do that with Taken, which I kind of dug it a little bit, which Taken yeah, was new. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, um, and they did a TV show with Taken, and it was okay. But, you know, it ended up getting canceled because, you know, they, ain't, they just didn't do it right. You know, you got to really uh, hone in on who that character is, what John Wick is, if you try to redo that in a TV universe. But anyway, so that's my number three. Number four, Star Wars, right? Look, I'm the surprised last Star Wars is no, no, I'm not. I'm halfway surprised it's that low. Even with The Last Jedi, I thought Star Wars would have been higher for you. But, you know, I, I, I used to think I was a Star Wars fan, right? <laughs> I did. I did. I, I, I'm telling think. you, I, I used to think I was a Star Wars fan. But then this is what I realized. And I told Leslie this. I think I told him this maybe before I met you. I'm not a Star Wars fan. I'm a Skywalker fan. I am a fan of the Skywalkers. I'm a fan of Luke. I'm a fan of Anakin. I'm a fan of Darth Vader. Like, if they're not in the movies for me, I don't really like it. I right? absolutely like, agree. I am a Jedi Sith guy. That's the only story. I, I said this one time. Somebody got mad at me. Somebody's probably going to hear this when I say it, get pissed off. If it wasn't for the Jedi and the Sith, Star Wars would do nothing for me. Yeah, who would even? It wouldn't even be a purpose in watching it if they weren't there. And then, and I can even say the Sith is what really carries the franchise, right? Because it's the rise and fall of Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. That's really what you're about. Like Revenge of the Sith is probably more watch rewatchable than The Force Awakens. That's probably blasphemy to a lot of people. <laughs> but bro, I mean, it's bad acting. It's all that, but just seeing Anakin turn, even though the turn was trash. It still was epic to me. It was an epic moment. I hate they botched it. It could have been better. Uh, maybe they'll redo it one day. Maybe 20, 30 years so. from now, you know, we'll be 50, 60 years old and and they'll redo that whole thing and make it better. But, you know, when they put in there, uh, what was it? Uh, the, what was it? Star Wars Rise of the Skywalker? Is that the name of it? I oh, can't think. the. Uh, damn, I can't think of the yeah, name. Yeah, it was Rise of the. When they put that in the title, it oh, okay. my. And then they had City is laughing. Okay, boom, it's back in my top five. Yeah, City is got me. Yeah, it's, it's City is, man. I think he's an underrated character. Like, when you, because we've had villains, right? We've had Snoke. Nah, don't do nothing for us. 
We've had uh, Kylo. Eh, don't really do it. It's hard to make a good villain. It really is. And Sidious was a great fucking villain, but Darth Vader is the greatest villain of all time. Man, not only but, is it hard to make a villain, Star Wars got three good ones. Maul, Sidious, and Vader. The fact that they killed Maul so fucking quick. I don't even want to talk just, about it. All right, all right. Because, right, you know, I get on this all day. <laughs> I'll be on it all fucking day. And five, I'm going to go with you, bro. It is uh, it's uh, the Joker. I was going to say Rise of the Monsters, that shit. Uh, I'm going to get an honorable mention, but I got to see the Joker. I mean, I'm excited really? about that. Yeah, that's number five. Uh, I'm a DC guy. You know how I am, man. Yeah. Uh, and that'd be just blasphemy if I didn't put a DC movie on this thing. Um, again, I wasn't excited when they first announced it. Wasn't really excited when I saw the first test footage. But now, since we've seen some, you know, small teaser trailers, we've, you know, got some feedback from some of the actors and stuff like that. I'm more bought in and I'm more into, I'm more excited about trying to see it. So those are my top five um, DC just in there because I'm a DC guy and I just can't not put a DC movie in there. But I got to tell you it Spider-Man and um, Godzilla on the outside looking in. And you know, what's weird, bro. What's um, and okay. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. <laughs> uh, and Leslie's probably going to disagree with this, by the way. I'm not a huge Spider-Man Homecoming fan. Really? It was, yeah, we've it was, talked about that before, though. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. good. It's good. It's a great, it's a good movie. I mean, I'm not going to, I can't shit on it. But I don't really, I didn't, eh. Here's I what just, makes, here's, man, I don't know. Here's what makes Homecoming good. They got high school Spider-Man perfect. With, no doubt. With um, Tobey Maguire, he's a great Peter Parker. Andrew Garfield was a great Spider-Man. Tom Holland does both very well. Yeah. I mean, he's the, he's the perk. I feel like if they would have done Homecoming first, like if that was my first introduction to Spider-Man, I probably would like it. I can but see I've that. Seen it, I've seen it so much now, I'm kind of wore out on it. You know, I don't really want to, I'm not into Spider-Man anymore, man. So, um, you know what? But he's a good side character. You know, like him being in Avengers, I like to see that shit. Mm-hmm. But just him in his own movie by himself, yeah, so not it's really. The, it's the Hulk effect for you. It's the Hulk and Superman effect now. Gotcha. It's like I think Superman's the same way, man. I think you can't really do a movie with just them by themselves anymore because, well, and again, Spider Man isn't strong as those two, but I don't know. I just they're better side characters than they are main characters. Spider Man is just probably an aberration to that thought. Because most people are probably thinking, nah, I mean, he can have his own movie. He can carry his own movie. Just for me, I don't really care for him like that. I think so the, those are my top five. I think the thing that gets me about Spider-Man Homecoming, why I really enjoy it, um, besides the fact that they have a cool villain, Michael Keaton does a great job. Oh, man, he was, hold up. Fuck, man. I, I got I to gotta mention that. I'm glad you said I hate to cut y'all. Oh, go Michael ahead. Keaton, Michael Keaton is probably the second or third best villain. I can make an argument for first in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Loki is probably going to always be the first, but we can argue between Thanos, Michael Keaton, and what's the other one? Uh, fucking Michael B. Jordan. Who's this guy? Killmonger. Yeah, but Thanos probably second. Cause, Thanos you know, is he my was, number one, but I have a yeah, feeling. I forgot about Thanos. Yeah, yeah, he's probably number one. You're right. We got to have, have, have that conversation on off topic when we get ready to do the Avenger episode. Yeah, where where are these where are these villains rank? Because they don't have very good villains. They don't. Yeah, they so don't. So it'll be rather easy to rank, but they're top heavy though, right? So the people who are great are great. Exactly. You know, but the ones that are bad, 
are bad. There's no in between with them, bro. Yeah. No in between. Yeah, I definitely want to have that conversation with Leslie on the line too, just to see, you know, where we pull from and what we come up with. My honorable mentions, uh, John Wick three, that ridiculous Fast and Furious movie. Ah. Uh... Okay, I'm, I'm, I got a, I got a hot take on that. Keep going. <laughs> uh, Aladdin, Gemini Man, um, with Will Smith playing that that just looks fantastic to me with him uh, playing a, a I'm younger. Out, I'm, I'm out on Will Smith. I'm out. I'm done. Oh yeah, that's right. You've been disrespecting Will Smith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've been disrespecting Will Smith for a couple Will, months now. Will Smith is an icon. He's a legend. He should be respected. He has opened up doors for many people, especially rappers, to be uh, actors. I just don't dig his fucking movies. I'm out. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Again, another topic for another day. Uh, Star Wars. And finally, Brightburn. Have you seen the preview for that shit? Blackburn. Brightburn. Oh, that's a Superman, the evil Superman movie. Dude, have you watched <laughs> the trailer? Yeah, man, it's insane. That, it's insane. That's horrifying. Like I've oh. as, as a comic book reader, I've read so many evil Superman stories. I've never seen it done like that. It's, it could be ridiculous. Is it rated R too? I think it's gonna be a rated R. Oh, if it's rated R, bro, it, it could be it, it could be epic. If they yeah. try to bitch out and but you can do so much in PG thirteen now. You can't you, you know, don't really have to make Yeah, rated R is just for cursing and nudity, really. You know, you can get away with all oh, in blood. Cause yeah. venom can blood. So anyway, but go ahead. Yeah, man. But yeah, those are uh, are my movies on the outside looking in. But I'm interested to hear what you have to say about Hobbs and Shaw. Am I, I, are we on the top? The the fight is gonna bomb. Are we there yet? Yeah, let's go. Let's start it off. You want to run? I, I can run into it. Go ahead. All right. All right. So first up, the number one movie that's gonna bomb is Dark Phoenix. <laughs> we it's got the same tank. movie. All right. All right. All right. Number number two, Men in Black. All right. Number three, Hobbs and Shaw. I think that shit's gonna tank. I do, man. <laughs> it's, it's too, it's too fucking ridiculous, man. It has a good weekend though. It, like as far as releasing, nothing is really gonna be in its way that weekend. And it's releasing during a time where the Avengers uh, hype is gonna be have died down, and the Aladdin hype will have died down at that point. So that's why I think it has a chance. But I can see why you're saying. Yeah, that shit probably go tight. And the last two, Gemini Man and Aladdin, because Will Smith in it. So, there you go. <laughs> Aladdin has no chance above it. Unless Bro. it's terrible. It has oh, it's going to bomb. bomb. Well, hold on. What, what do we consider bomb? To me, bomb is... you, you struggle to make budget? Oh, you struggle to make budget? Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. That's so, what do we... But how do you... But how do you look at budget, though? When you look at budget, do you just look at what Wikipedia or whatever you look at? That shows the budget. No, I do a lot of research when it comes to that. Okay, like, you got to look at the marketing. And all that. Yeah, the oh, marketing. Okay. Yeah, I put all that in there. Yeah. Okay, okay. Because like the Uber can make 600 mil and just break even. Because you, if they put like a, money, a bunch of money in marketing and all that shit, because 33% go back to the uh, theaters. That's what uh-huh. happened to um, Batman versus Superman, wasn't it? One uh-huh. of those movies made $800 million nah, nah. and they broke even. No, nah, no, nah, they did good. All them, which was crazy, the DC movies. They what? all made money, yeah. except Justice Justice League is where it really just... I think Justice League is the one I'm thinking about. I know one yeah. of them barely broke even or something like that. Nah, it's probably Justice League, but the rest of them made bank. That's why yeah. everybody was like, it's hard to... It was They were critically panned. They weren't good movies. 
but they were still just making a shit ton of money. Like Suicide Squad made a shit ton of money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it was a horrible fucking movie. Anyway, we're jumping off subject. But those are my movies, man. The two Will Smith movies, Gemini Man, Aladdin, Hobbs and Shaw, I think is going to tank. Um, what was my first one again? I kind of jumped off subject. Uh, Dark uh, Phoenix. Dark Phoenix Dark definitely Phoenix was Oh, yeah. And Men in Black. I think it Men in is Black. Which no was the way. old Will Smith movie. There's no way. What movie has... Oh, no, no. Okay, okay. I thought you were going to make an argument for Men in Black. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. It's no way Dark Phoenix does anything. Men in Black, unless, unless those reviews come back and they're really good and then people see it and the word of mouth helps it out, I can see men in black tanking, unfortunately. And I really You know what's crazy? Chris, what Avenger has had success outside of Marvel? Chris Evans hasn't really tried. Of course, mm, he's a of course, uh yeah, he he is and he's still kinda on a uh, a low key scale. Uh, of course, um uh, not even Robert Downey. Rob no, Robert Downey had a couple good movies outside of Avengers. What? Which one? Uh, the soloist was was straight. And did it uh, make money? Yeah, it did pretty good for a drama. I, I mean, it's a drama. It and the judge was good. Have Trash. you seen that? It was it, it tanked, bro. The judge yeah, tanked. It did tank. It did tank. Yeah. Um, oh, Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes did do good. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. I get you that. Yeah, I get you that. So but Chris Hemsworth, awful. Done. It's done. Yeah, awful. That's true. That's true. Uh oh. Uh, what's the name? Um, what's the lady name? Scarlett Johansson, like yeah. uh, I think she's one like one of the highest paid actresses, but I don't know if her movies. Nah, have not movies some of her movies have been trash. Like Lucy was awful. Yeah, but the <laughs> one where she was a, a voice with uh, oh, yeah, Phoenix, her. yeah, that was cool. Yeah. That was pretty good. She had to be a fucking voice because she has a really as a female voice. She has a really good voice too. She's like a seductive voice. She could yeah. like when she was uh, voicing the snake on Jungle Book. It was like I was just about to bring her. Up. That's a man that that uh that movie did bank, man. I just thought about mm-hmm. that. Like if you really wanted to be you like go with the semantics of who did well outside of Avengers, yeah, Scott yeah. Joe is probably gonna be the person you go with. Um Child's Play is probably gonna ball. <laughs> probably. Nigga shit. Do you know what it's opening against? Oh, it's gonna ball, man. You gotta tell me. It's, it's opening against, against Toy Story. Toy Story. 4. <laughs> no way. Is I don't that know. They gotta move oh, that shit. No, that's a good idea. Because it's it's alternative viewing, right? You gotta I, look I at get it. it. It's alternative viewing. Cause if I go to the movies with my date I'm, and I don't wanna see Toy Story, what else can I see? And I go see fucking Chucky, you know. Yeah. So it's all it's all about, you know, like it's probably good strategic mark, I mean placement. You know, because you don't wanna put it against other movies that are like it in the same genre. Because then you don't wanna have to compete with Hobbs and Shaw. You won't get nobody. Like young male, twenty-five year olds, they can go see Hobbs and Shaw. You know, so the thing about the thing about Child's Play that's is saving grace to me. That concept where it can control your your uh, digital evi- uh, devices. Yeah, that's pretty good. Like that's a good opportunity for some modern day horror because you. See, that's seen, why I, I like that. I like that you think like that. Yeah, I we, do. I've seen other movies do it. Unfriended. Uh, mm-hmm. Did it? Uh, Paranormal Activity. Unfriended. Uh, Unfriended did decent. It did decent. Yeah, uh, I know a lot of people like uh, Paranormal Activity. Yeah, Paranormal Activity has done great things with technology. Even though you know the movies in the universe get kind of shaky, 
they've done some creative things with the technology that they have in there. So I like technologically based horror. And child's play. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think oh, we got to talk about that one day. Like, uh, we got to just have, have a side you, Have you watched Black Mirror? No, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't seen it yet. Y'all uh, been telling me to watch kind of like Game of Thrones. Man, they make they make um, technology terrifying on there. Seriously, yeah, kind of like Terminator shit. You know, I got a Terminator movie coming out too. I should have touched on. Oh my god, that's definitely gonna ball. I'm sorry. <laughs> it goes without saying, right? Unless it's got... a hard R. Yeah, <laughs> unless it's a hard R. Yeah. Aren't they bringing all like the people back? They shit? bring everybody you know? back, and they saying James Cameron hand is directly on this one. Oh well, you don't know because T2 is one of the most rewatchable movies of all time like oh man we gotta talk if we rank sequels t2 would probably be in my top 10 hey you give me away future episodes oh okay okay <laughs> <The> episodes <laughs> episodes that i'm actually gonna bring you back for you spoiling them okay okay <laughs> but it's man, all good sequels, bro. yeah you know. definitely man because I, I i have my holy trinity of sequels but again we gotta come back to that episode okay you gotta hit me up in the group chat because i want to hear that absolutely um, cause my, my, my three sequels are shit on your three sequels and it gotta be direct sequels it can't be like oh yeah a, nah yeah, it ain't none of that bullshit it's, it's part okay. two it's always gonna be a part two okay, um, okay. Dark Phoenix is definitely gonna ball <laughs> okay uh, you know what though the marketing has been fantastic like, it has I, shit man I'm like I really wanna see it. I'm gonna go see it I'm gonna go see it yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my little five dollars to it because I'm going yeah. on the, on a discount day. But I'm gonna did go you, see. Did you? You need to subscribe to that Cinemark app, like because we get a free ticket like every other ticket or some shit like Are you that. Serious? Yeah, I got. I, and I can hit you up with the specifics. My wife downloaded and set it up. I think you pay like ten dollars a month or something, but you get free tickets there so often. If you go to the movies a lot, it's really the best thing. Smoke. Cool. But go ahead. And uh, New Mutants. Is that has it got a release date? Yeah, it's supposed to come out this summer. I just found out today. It's like oh. uh, in like July or something like that. It's supposed to come out, but that movie is gonna tank because Dang. the trailer came out a year ago. Right. It was supposed to be like a horror movie, right? Yeah. And I was hyped yeah, for it after that trailer. Right. But I think the the way they wanted to do it was they didn't like the way it was going. Right. Yeah. Even though the audience reaction to the trailer was really good, they don't. I think they don't want it to be rated R or some shit like that. But I thought it was I thought it was a good trailer. And I was hyped, like you say. The only but, reason Dark Phoenix and New Mutant are seeing the time of day or the light of day now is because Disney has to release it. Like it's too much money going in the in the toilet if they don't put it out. Yeah, you gotta recoup some of that money, man. Yeah. They, you know, just go ahead and close the chapters out so you can redo it in your world. Don't leave anything out there. Just if I'm Disney, I'm gonna go ahead and release whatever, whatever. But if, you know what? If I was Disney, I probably would like Keep it separate, but that's a whole different subject for a whole different day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. But well, honestly, if anything is gonna bring me back in, if anything's gonna keep me excited about the Avengers, they'll probably be it. Starting to see X Men come stuff. in and the Fantastic right. Four and all of that. Maybe right. Yeah, yeah. Because if they if they shit on us, man, and, and if they fuck around and take away Cap and Iron Man, I'm out. I'm dead, <laughs> I'm dead serious, man. Like I've been do more. saying it for a while too. Man, like, I could do one. Like, if you get rid of Iron Man, because, you know, I know I argue back and forth with y'all. I like both of them really equally. I, I really love Iron Same Man. Here. Same here. And it's, a, and it's a good juxtaposition to each other, right? They show really two different dichotomies of how you should think about things. And I don't want to see either one of them go. But if both of them go, I'm out, man. I'm out. I don't know if you can have an MCU without one of those two. 
I just don't. And if you do get rid of one, you got to reboot that bitch. Yeah. I'm just being honest, yeah. man. How you going to have fucking not have an Iron Man? I don't want to see the road, like the black dude. What's his name? Road. <laughs> like, he can't be Iron Man. No. <laughs> I don't want to see no fucking Bucky Barnes as Captain America. He murdered people. Like, that don't even make sense. But anyway, go ahead. What's your other ones, man? I keep cutting I you off. Oh, ahead. no, no. I'm done. I'm done. Uh, the only other thing that I got to ask you, because we're both um, invested in the NBA to a degree. Okay. Oh, we switching real switch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just just, just a little something. I've talked about Russell Westbrook on this podcast in the past. Uh, <laughs> we talked about him together on Off Topic. Okay. My question to you is, how do you fix the Russell Westbrook problem. It's the only NBA question I got for you today. Okay, so here's my thing, man. You know how I feel about stuff, right? I feel like any good organization, team, or whatever, the number one thing you got to have, you got to have a guiding principle and you got to have a philosophy, right? Right. And I don't know if OKC has it. If they do, I can't tell, right? Like, I know what the Spurs is. I know what, like, I know what the Miami Heat is. Like, I know what their philosophy is, right? And I don't know what that is with Russell Westbrook. But you got to establish that. That's the first thing. Second thing is, you got them locked up, right? You got them locked up for three or four more years. Why do you have to kowtow to him and capitulate to him? Like, why do you have to do that? You don't. Like, you can make him listen, and you can make him do what you need him to do, even though he's your superstar. What are you going to do, not play? I respectfully <laughs> disagree. Okay, well, hold you, on. Can't, you cannot make him do anything. Why? Because you've enabled him this entire time. But go ahead. Bench him. What, you gonna, like, what is he going to do? Like, if you don't do, then you won't get playing time. I'm it's going to be bench pure you. drama. It, it'll be drama. It's going to look bad on him, not you. Because everybody now is off the Russell Westbrook train. This is true. You got, you got all the, I don't know the word I'm looking for, like, like you got all the equity right now because you let it, you let him do it your way, his way. I'm sorry for three fucking years, and guess what that has gotten you? You Nothing. lost Katie. You you got out the first round three times. Like what else is left? Now you got to try it my way. And this is the thing, which is the problem I have with the Lakers, but that's a whole different thing. You know what you have. Russell Westbrook is your star. That is your guy, right? So you have to, even though you got to lay some groundwork and do, you still have to play to his strengths. Mm-hmm. His strengths is driving and kicking. He play like LeBron. He's a LeBron. Like that's what he, he is. is. He's a miracle he, LeBron. That's, that's exactly what he is. He's just not as smart. You know, like his basketball IQ in there, like he don't get the tone and tenor of a game. Like he, he goes 100 miles per hour from, from tip off to the end. You know, he doesn't understand how to pick his spots. But that's, yeah. again, whatever. So – you keep Paul George because you need that. You keep Steven Adams, but you need to find some fucking shooters. Yep. You need to find people that when he drives, he can kick it out and get it to a shooter and they can make plays and they can make a shot, right? You got to cater to the person you have, just like Allen Iverson, right? Because he is Allen Iverson. I don't care how you think look. about it. Yeah. And what they did with Allen Iverson was they put a team around him to cater to his strengths and his weaknesses, right? He was a scorer. They didn't try to make him into nothing else but a scorer. They went. They put him at shooting guard. They got a point guard, and they put a whole bunch of defensive people because three-point didn't matter back then, right? They let Allen Iverson carry the scoring load, and everybody else knew their fucking role, which is a, really the underlying issue really with M- the NBA today. Do people know their fucking roles, right? Like, do they know <laughs> on OKC 
that Russ is the guy, and they are supposed to do whatever around him and play like to his strengths and weaknesses. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But at the end of the day, you got to build a team around him that's going to accentuate the things that he does well and hide the things that he can't do that well. And more importantly, you got to hold him accountable for when he deviates from the game plan. If he don't want to do what you want him to do, put that nigga on the bench. What's, what is he going to do? Like, he's locked up. What, are you going to ask for a trade? Like, there's nothing he could do. What, are you going to sit out? That's, that's basically it. That's basically all he's going to do. He's going to bring you some drama or whatever. Okay. But that's all he can do is, is quit, essentially. Okay, quit. Uh, who, who is that going to help? You're going to void your contract if you quit. Like, there's, like, that's the same thing the Lakers, bro. Like, what can you do? Braun can't. You locked in. You ain't got no, no trade clause. It's nothing you can do. But do what we need you to do to win. So that's what I think, man. Number one, let me go back over it again. Number one, put a guiding principle in place. Establish what your culture is, what you want it to be, and, you know, spread it out throughout the organization. Number two, hold Russell Westbrook accountable by any means necessary. Number three, build a team around him that accentuates his weak his uh, strengths, hides his weaknesses, mm-hmm. and more importantly, play ball, man. That's it. And I think that's if you do those things, you can be successful, in my opinion. Man, I got nothing to follow that. That's pretty damn good. Um, yeah, that was good. Eric, <laughs> thank you very much, my friend. Where can they find you, bro? Hey, they can find me on off topic. We uh, record every Sunday and we upload a video. Every, I mean, sorry, uh, MP3. Let me say that again. We upload a podcast <laughs> every Monday on SoundCloud. We're looking to get on, uh, you know, Apple iTunes, Leslie and uh, Jay and I. Uh, but until then, you can find us on SoundCloud. It's free. Uh, look up off topic. Uh, if not, you can go to our Facebook page at Black Excellence and Ignorance, and you can follow all kinds of content there. Uh, but more importantly, you can find our podcast. We talk about a variety of things, but most importantly, just just things that we see every day in uh, this pop culture sphere. But that's it. Good shit. Good shit. And as far as what I got for you, shout out to Be The Epitome. That's my wife's Facebook page. Uh, she talks about healthy hair, styling, all that kind of stuff. Go follow them on Facebook at the Be The Epitome. And on Instagram, it's at Be The Epitome underscore. So that's at Be The, then E-P-I-T-O-M-E underscore. I know some people are going to struggle with <laughs> but that's all good also go and follow uh reality breach on facebook uh they have plenty of great podcasts over there and that you know it's a little something for everybody and then of course that's the mothership for me so hey uh also follow the black pocket podcast you know those are my guys robert justin and dunce and speaking of dunce shout out to him the maestro of my madness if you want to follow his music on SoundCloud, go to Dunche Did It. That's D O N C H E D I D I T on SoundCloud and hit that follow button. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Jarius the Unapologetic Geek, and you have been listening to the Unapologetic Experience. Peace. <laughs>